from being unsatisfied and unfulfilled in the classroom to being a pioneer of the homeschooling community in Jamaica. Jamelia Imani Blythe sits with me to share her entrepreneurial story of faith and the power of believing. Let's jump in. You're listening to Entrepreneur's Table Podcast, a show for women entrepreneurs who are looking to do business boldly and unapologetically to grow more, serve more, and earn more from their business. I'm your host, Latoya Ford. Seven years ago, I took my last 2,400 Jamaican dollars to start my first business. I struggled during my first year, but learned what it took to grow a profitable business, which took my $2,400 to over $3 million in revenue within 18 months. Using both my entrepreneurial skills and corporate experience, I have built a business to show other entrepreneurs how to serve and build a profitable business by doing what they love. Join me at the table as I share ways to improve your business, increase your revenue, and introduce you to stories of entrepreneurs who are pushing past fear and reaching levels of success despite the obstacles and despite the challenges. I'm happy that you're here today. Welcome to Entrepreneur Stable Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So um, for those who are going to, you know, be listening to this or even watching this video, um, today we're having this episode with Miss Jamelia Imani Blight. And we're going to be talking something about what a lot of people have on their their heads right now. A lot of persons are do, building their business, you know, having their nine to five, and also, you know, having other obligations as it relates as it relates to making an income. But we want to venture into the whole process of transitioning from, you know, a part time entrepreneur to a full time entrepreneur. We want to talk about the process in this podcast um, and in this episode. So, Miss Jamila Imani Blight. She's a person I, I wanted to have this conversation with for two reasons, but I'm going to give you the first one. The, 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 the number one reason why I wanted to talk with Jamila today is because I know the journey to some extent. I'm familiar with some of the, um, you know, the challenges. I'm familiar with the journey to some extent. And I really wanted to dive more into it because I think this can be a conversation that can help somebody else to make that transition as well. So, Jamelia, thank you again. Thank you again. All right, let's jump into the, just tell me a little bit about your business, just for those who are going to be listening to this. Just give me a little quick introduction of who you are and, and what your business, High Flyer, stands for. So, again, thank you so much, Latoya. High Flyer Educational Services, we cater mainly to homeschooling um, clients. And we do homeschooling in-home. And of course, because of the pandemic, we've had to pivot online as well, which is good. And we do a lot of in-home tutoring, online tutoring um, from early childhood to primary to secondary. And we also do some tertiary courses. It's the first of its kind in Jamaica. Um, before High Flyer, you never had uh, a business that you that you could call to get a homeschool tutor. So, um, and of course, I, I'm a homeschool mom of over a decade. So, having an only child and also being an educator, you know, I saw that as an opportunity to start something in my country. So that's really how High Flyer came about. You mentioned something about the first of its kind. And that's one of the, the points you point out when you're talking about your brand. I'll never forget when you when I first heard you talk about High Flyer, you had mentioned that it was a first of its kind. Like I know right now the Jamaican landscape is slowly but surely people are learning more about homeschooling. What is so different between then and now, have you seen any significant changes, you know, when 
from, from the moment you started to where you are right now in terms of how people are thinking about homeschooling, how people are gravitating to it, or if they're gravitating to it at all? Well, of course, um, it's good to pioneer in the industry. So when COVID hit, definitely we had the blueprint. Um, and of course, you'd have seen uh, dozens of interviews um, in terms of having that blueprint for homeschooling. That's something we were very proud of. Um, it, it's something that I've, I've always had to defend, you know, doing it myself as a, as a mom, also as an educator. So when COVID came about, it was an opportunity for the world to see the benefits. I mean, for everything you have benefits, you're going to have disadvantages. Um, but for homeschooling, I think the advantages um, do outweigh the disadvantages, right? And um, of course, with competition, you're going to have competition, but I don't, I don't look at um, new services coming into the homeschooling industry as, as a competition. I see it as a form of collaboration because I also do mentor some of them. I also have a course where I teach people to start their own tutoring business and homeschool tutoring business. So I'm not the type who see um, other people coming into the industry. It's big enough. All of us can basically survive and um, make a living from it. I'm happy. I'm happy that not because I'm not happy. I'm not happy for COVID, but I'm happy that teachers, educators are now seeing that you can have successful business outside of the classroom and homeschooling is also a thriving industry. Yeah. I love the fact that you mentioned that you already had the blueprint. And I, I think that there is a right now in entrepreneurship, especially in Jamaica. And I, and I think this is where a lot of the work as coaches, as mentors, so other entrepreneurs that, you know, sometimes we feel like what we're doing, even though people are not gravitating to what we're doing right now, there is going to come a time if we stay true to who we are and true to the business that we have, there's going to come a time where people are going to see that your business is needed, you know? Absolutely. And I feel like that's what happened. Because even when I listen to some of your interviews and I read some of the articles, um, when I saw the shift as to how, you know, people are now doing online tutoring, people are now doing... Uh, you know, homeschooling for their kids. They're more involved in the process, you know, um, of their kids' education. I feel like like it's a very ripe time. And as you said, you're not happy that COVID happened, but it has really changed the landscape of how we can educate our children, not just in the traditional sense of a classroom, but also from, you know, online and you know, having people coming to you or coming to your child or whatever it is, whatever option there is as it relates to homeschooling. So I'm really happy um, that you had mentioned that because a lot of entrepreneurs don't know that even if you have a blueprint, you know, people can use that. When the time comes, you're going to be the head of the pack because you have already, and, and it shows for you, you have already started the work before the influx of people could exactly, you know, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's a really good point to make. I, I really do appreciate that point, um, Jamelia. Um, yeah, go ahead. Not everyone will have that tenacity or that grit. Because remember, I've had to defend what I was doing for, you know, for a long time. And uh, I knew, I subscribed to Christianity. I'm a Christian. And I actually got a dream. <clears throat> I got a word that one day the world would be homeschooling. That was 2019. I got oh, that. Wow. Right? And I remember when I was working at um, my last job, there was a gentleman by the name of Mr. Lin. He came to me and he said, those who foresee rule, but I didn't understand what he meant. And I went home, I asked the Lord, what does this mean? And that's when I got the revelation that, listen, you're doing the homeschooling thing now, continue doing it. 
because there will come a time when you are going to be the pace, the go-to person, just keep on doing it. But I didn't really understand that, you know, really truly, I didn't think that I would live to see that in my lifetime, probably my grandchildren or something like that. But 2020, that was, I was ready because of yeah. that word. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and of course, Jamaica is normally slow to, you know, these advancements. And, and let's be honest with that. Um, Where sometimes we don't necessarily see we can't see beyond what we already know to some extent and because other countries have started it long time ago right what? so we are just stepping in so i to, to be honest the education system was not ready that's <laughs> one and that is why your blueprint came in handy you know and and, and that's that's a great win for us you had mentioned to um jamila twice since the start of the interview and we just we just probably gone 10 minutes or so into the interview twice that you had to defend, you had to defend the business or the whole process of homeschooling or why homeschooling is so important. Can you, can you tell me a little bit what, why, what you meant by you had to defend it? Well, you know, just talking to entrepreneurs right now, you're going to have people who, you're going to have some crazy, audacious idea that nobody in your family has ever done, right? Number one, nobody in my family um, has ever homeschooled, really. Full-time, outright homeschooling, um, at least here in Jamaica. And... Um, some people, they're just not going to, whether it's friends, they're just not going to see what you see in the business idea that God gives you. But as, as I say to entrepreneurs, once you have an idea, God gives you that vision, he will give you the provision. You just have to stick to it. You have to be faithful to the hustle until the hustle is faithful to you. So, so was it that you had family members or friends telling you, asking you what you're doing or does it make sense or like, did you have those moments? Of course, most entrepreneurs with an audacious goal, something that has never been done in your country, usually you're going to get pushback. It wasn't a lot, mm -hmm. but it was there, but it wasn't a lot. But one of the things I oftentimes say to entrepreneurs is, once you start and people see the results, they will back you. Right, right. So, so don't worry about people not coming on board at first. Just do you and God will do the rest. Exactly. And of course, Peter, teachers would, like, would be like, like, why are you homeschooling Seth? Why don't you send him to school? Socialization and all right. sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's good because at the end of the day, conversation around the topic is, is really good. And I think that um, you standing firm into because you're not the only person, because I know of, when I read other articles on homeschooling, I knew of other parents doing homeschooling, but they didn't turn it into a business. They just homeschooled their kids. Yeah. And they have received a lot of backlash from not just family and friends, but even society telling them, you need to send your child, your child to school. And at one point, I read an article that said um, the person, a person mentioned that you know this is abuse to the child. Why you, why are you letting that child not experience a traditional schooling? Um, yeah. But I've right, and I've come to learn that homeschooling to be can be such a beneficial, um, you know, opportunity for a child, and and it doesn't mean that they lack anything because they're homeschooled or they're less than any other child that goes to a traditional school. I mean, they still, they're still afforded the same kind of activities, you know, socialization, relationship building, like all of those things are still a part of your program. True or false? <laughs> I mean, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. You've met yes. my son. You've met my son. Mm -hmm. So... I don't need to say anything else. Uh, you know, for, I was not homeschooled. I'm not a social butterfly. My son is a social butterfly. You know, so it depends on um, how you 
basically carve out your homeschooling program and the support system that you have. You know, as an entrepreneur, I, I oftentimes say that entrepreneurship and homeschooling, they have a lot of similarities. And I actually did um, a session on that, you know, because homeschooling entrepreneurs as well, we tend to get a lot of pushback because we tend to think outside of the box and we tend to do things um, a different way. Different way. Yeah. Revolutionary ideas and, you know, we just tend to be different. So um, imagine being a homeschooler and uh, an entrepreneur. So I've been there. So <laughs> it's exactly. just, it exactly. makes you, because, yeah. you know, I was seen as just an unemployed teacher, hustling. Yeah. So. Oh, really? And I'm just an unemployed teacher hustling. So, um, and that's why traveling is important. It's important to travel. It expands your horizon and it makes you stick to your business. And you see other people doing big things in the same industry in other countries. Yeah. You just that um, you have something to bring to your. Um, yeah, I remember um, my mentor at the time back then had said to me, that's why if you are serious about entrepreneurship, one of the things you have to do is to surround yourself from um, around with people who are from different nationality, different race, um, yes. because in that way, you become more creative and you see how other people you know, work through the solution, um, the 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 um, the challenges and the problems to, to 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 get to a solution. And again, you're also exposed to how they solve problem. One of the things that I I wanted to back then was to get money mindset right because when I started my business, my money mindset was all over the place. And he was like, get involved with other people from different country. What's their principle or you know their philosophy around money and and how they use business to 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 build how they build business around that philosophy to make money and how they how comfortable they are around it and so that's great when you say you know you have to surround yourself with people and travel is so important and even if yeah. you don't have no visa i ain't on a passport you have social media that you can link with somebody from a different country you know, um, a different region in the Caribbean, and you can learn from them as you go along. So it doesn't take a visa or a passport to, to, to really expand. Um, yeah. Not at all. A matter of fact, I'm happy you said that because remember, I never had a blueprint here in terms of the type of business I was doing in Jamaica. So I had to look outside of Jamaica. Mm -hmm. um, you know where I got that mentorship? LinkedIn. Is very mm. so. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know in terms. I didn't really, you know, I did a lot of research, but this um, lady, her her title was tutor manager. No, I've never heard of that tutor manager at the time. Okay. I reached out to her because of where she worked as a tutor manager, and I told her, you know, what I wanted to do. And she didn't answer until after two weeks. And that lady went and did her research and she sent an epistle. So basically, and this is a white woman, you know, she, don't, she doesn't know me from anywhere. And I was just a young, young um, black girl in a third world country, probably in her eyes. And she just reached out to me and up until this day we are still friends yeah she supports me she's no longer in that industry but we're still friends so i tell people all the time i'm not on social media to um show post where i am it's i'm very strategic post yeah. of social media exactly I understand the power of social media. She taught me how to price, how to position everything. She gave me a blueprint for free. 
And that's all through networking. That's all through you taking the initiative and reaching out, sending a message to somebody on LinkedIn because Absolutely. they did it before you or they're doing it. Absolutely. I mean, she was working at the largest tutoring um, franchise in the UK. Now, mm -hmm. that's our market compared to the UK. Why wouldn't I reach out to her? It's either yes or no. Right. Exactly. Yeah, nothing to lose at that point. Absolutely. And everything yeah. to get. Exactly. Which which you did. Which you did. Um, and that's why it's important to shoot your shot. I wanted to dive into something else too, Jamilio. The You said that you've been doing homeschooling with SET for, for, for over a decade. Yes. Yeah. Was that the inspiration behind um, High Flyer? Oh, yes. You know, every day I thank God for Seth. He's my blessing. He's our blessing, his dad and I. We wouldn't, Jamaica would not have had a High Flyer if I didn't have Seth. So every day, you know, I just, I just, you know, thank God for him. I thank God also for the obedience because... <clears throat> At first, I just wanted to focus on homeschooling Seth because um, I, I knew I wanted to homeschool when I started having children. So this is something I, I planned, right? So you, I had to find a way to homeschool him and earn. So when I, you know, normally as an unemployed teacher, the next best thing to do is offer CXE lessons because I was trained at secondary level in language, communications, and business. So I started offering extra lessons to persons who dropped out of school and they didn't have the money to really pay for, you know, the other um, evening schools. And that was good. That's how I started out. And then... Because I started, you know, helping to mobilize the homeschool community after reading Barbara Blake Hannah's book and reaching out to her, she introduced me to other homeschool parents. And because I had an only child, you know, I'm like, no, man, we need an association. So, you know, I started mobilizing people, started the first sports day. And you just, you just do what you have to do because you're, there's a need. Yes. Not necessarily because of money yes. but then because I'm an educator they, and they saw how my son was people started asking oh, how do I get a homeschool tutor do you offer that and so forth so I just saw it as a business opportunity yeah that and and I like that because I mean I've met Seth okay he is I don't know how to describe Seth you see how old is he he's 14 now look, look here this is a big man we're talking about we're not talking about like intellectually he is he blows me away and remember i met him before he was 14 yes like when when seth opens his mouth like you have to stop and you have to listen that's the kind of you know atmosphere you get when you are around seth and when he speaks and when he's sharing something or explaining something. And, and I have to tell you, you did an, an, an amazing job with Seth. I know he's your son, but you did an amazing job with him because I'm impressed that, you know, at his age, when I first met him, he was able to hold a conversation. He was able to engage. He was able to share his own thoughts, you know. Um, in the process so I am really happy and grateful to Seth that he inspired you to, to start that business honestly still, he still does inspire me um, to be honest <laughs> I didn't know anything about marketing and all of that a lot of the clients I got it was because of Seth mm. because conversing with people and the first thing they would ask him which school you about and then, of course, he would say, I'm homeschooled, and that's it. Oh. Everything. So, yeah, yeah. really mad is a marketing tool. It wasn't intentional. It's just the way he is. He's just a, a social butterfly. And that gives me a segue to, because 
Now we're talking about Seth. What I know about Seth, when I knew him back then, and I saw and interacted with him back then, he had a knack for entrepreneurship. He had a knack for for, for business and, and making money, right? And I will hear sometimes, I, I will hear you sometimes talking to Seth about money and business and all these things. Is it that he's, is he the same way? And, and today I'm talking, is he the same way today as I knew him back then? And how are you, if he is, how are you fostering that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, spirit within him as a teenager? You know, as, as I said, these earrings I'm wearing right now, um, these are from his business. So he, like myself, you know, growing up and year, I wanted to work for myself. Seth, it, it's the same thing. He wants to do business and he wants to do his streaming and he, and he knows how to monetize it. And he wants to sell authentic Caribbean handmade products. Um, so this is one of the earrings. What's so the what name we, of his business? The name of his business is Komoja. Komoja. Okay. On Instagram, it's Komoja for one. So, of course, it's one of a kind um, thing. So, to be honest, I said to him, you know, you know, everything coming out of China and all these things are mass produced. I'm like, Sid, what do you want to do? Handmade, one of a kind. Okay, can't we have an earring and have a line or have some jewelry or something? Or no, it has to be one of a kind. And I'm like, okay, you know, I sat and I prayed about it and I said, you know what, let him leave, let him be, let him do his thing. So um, that's what he wants to do. So what we do, I'm the one who sourced the vendors. Mm -hmm. um, Currently, we have three vendors. One person provides crochet. One person, she does um, wire-wrapped jewelry. And um, this is the newest vendor. Okay. She does um, resin art. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so, so basically, Seth is in full-fledged entrepreneurship mode. What, what are your thoughts about that? Because I remember I had a, a marketing for, for young people. It, it was a course I had, and I, and I reached out to a friend to see how best he could rally his communities, um, you know, because he was working with SDC at the time, um, how to get some young people into a marketing course. And one of the things somebody said to me when I was promoting it was, why am I targeting young people? Like they have school, they were like, um, because entrepreneurship is a vehicle to financial wealth and entrepreneurship is a way to serve other people. It's not just through traditional, traditional, um, you know, jobs and all those things. I mean, not everyone is going to hold a traditional job. Persons still want to learn how to, to market um, and to start a business. What are your thoughts on, do you still say to, to Seth, you know, Seth, you have to strike a balance. You have to make sure that you're, you're, you're paying attention to school. You make sure that you're also um, knowing how to run your business. Like, how do, you, how do you get him to balance all of that that he has to do? Is he still being homeschooled? Okay, so I'm happy you asked. Currently, he is in school um, because he wanted to experience the system. He lives in mm -hmm. the state. Um, but we are putting, yeah, well, he's coming back into homeschooling um, next semester because it gives us more balance and it gives him more freedom as well. Uh, to mention, it gives him more freedom to marry schooling and entrepreneurship. Exactly. So he can be in Jamaica and he could be doing his schooling. He could be in the States. He could be doing his schooling. Um, so one of those reasons is that he, he just wants the flexibility to be able to work on the things he wants to work on rather than doing subjects he has no interest in. And because he has parents like us, where we are, um, we think outside of the box, we're not traditional people, um, we said, yeah. And nothing is wrong with that. I, I, I realize people tend to have an issue with people going against traditional way of doing things. Like there's nothing wrong with mixing and creating a balance. 
and, and I think that's where a lot of um, people go wrong trying to fit into something that and even for children because I, I, I have nieces and nephews and sometimes when you see that they want to go into certain kind, certain things you really want to support them along the way still guiding but support and create that balance so I'm happy to hear that he's back in on well he is in entrepreneurship and he's also still keeping striking that balance with you know his studies and applying what he learns to his business so that for me is a really good win-win um, in this sense. Um, as it relates to um, the start, because I wanted to get a, a, a timeline, um, Jamilio, where, because I know you, I think I knew you for, from your last job, right? Yeah. Um, but was there, you were, you were in the traditional school system before that? Yes. Okay. Not for long. Not for, okay, not for long. Okay, so basically your last job was when you fully transitioned into, into full-time entrepreneurship. Tell me about that process. Like, what was that process for you? Why did you decide? First of all, why did you decide it was time for you to step out of the traditional classroom into a space that you, you have been in for over a decade and say, I'm going to do this full-time? What was the deciding factor? One of the things a lot of entrepreneurs will feel is frustration. So a job that you once enjoyed after a time is going to become very tiresome, very unfulfilling, and you just don't want to go. It's not that you don't like it. It's just that you're evolving, you're growing. And yes. a lot of times we don't have people around us to say this is what is happening because they themselves are not entrepreneurs. Now, because I had that around me and I've been there before with my previous job because I left my job, went into entrepreneurship and then I went to my last job. So it's like, let me try and see if this will work. All right, right I'm going to go back into the system. Right. So... You know, when I recommitted my life to God and I just started getting those, those revelations, you know, like, listen, homeschooling, people are going to have to homeschool. Um, you have to stick to this because this is where the Lord wants you to go. So, and when you need to move and you're not moving, you're going to be so uncomfortable. Trust me. Yeah. So that's probably what happened. And you know, 2018, I got a fellowship from the United States Embassy. And that, for me, was the turning point. When I went, I had to teach in a business that is similar to mine. But for some reason, they placed me at a nonprofit where I had to teach refugees. So it was not like my business at all. Right. So um, I got to meet um, the top players in that um, city who own the top tutoring industry. So we're talking about the Sylvan Learning and other tutoring services, um, Louisville Tutoring, because I went to Louisville, Kentucky. Now, when I went there, I, I met this gentleman, a white man, and he sat me down and basically he said to me, you're going to make it. What you have been doing, you already know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And these are some of the things that you can do. And he took out of all the business people I met, he was the one who really showed me some, some things that, you know, I could really tap into in terms of my country. And that's when I really started getting uncomfortable when I came back home. I, I came back home in what, November? And that was 2018. And by 2019, May, I was out of there. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, the, the started getting toxic. I'm not sure why, because they, I, I don't know why, but when I came back, it was just different. You know, it, it was, the environment was just toxic. And I'm like, I really don't need this, this energy. Mm -mm, I don't need this. And of course it was a male dominated um, institution and I don't back down from people 
you know, you're wrong, you're wrong. So um, I don't take foolishness really. So with the information I got, with the emotions that I was feeling, and also with the revelations I got, it was just time to leave. And then of course, 2020 COVID came. So it gave me a year to prepare. Gave me a year to prepare. What was that? If, if, if you could des describe that transition, the moment you handed in your resignation, right? So let's, let's say we have an imaginary door to that last institution you were a part of and you handed in your resignation and you, you're like, you're exiting the door. What was that feeling of stepping out of that toxic environment into a space that you've been in for a while, but there were, were there any moments or periods of uncertainty, you know, stepping through that door? Not for any feeling. For my friends, you know, for my friends and of course for my sisters, but not for me. I remember one of my brethren, you know, he said to me, You sure you can't make it by high flyer salary? You sure you can't make it? Because you know, coming from a steady income and you, mm -hmm. you know, teaching at a, an institution where you know we're, we're teaching adults, so you know you're getting that, that that's what. Um an engineering school. So that's like college level, mm. you know? So to give up that income, um, they were worried. I've always had faith in my ability to make money. I know how to make money. If you can, if you give me a stone, I can sell it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I just had that confidence that I would be okay and I will be okay and I am okay. And because I'm a believer, once you walk in the will of the Lord, he will not, you know, the Bible tells you, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seen begging bread. So I stand on those words. Yeah. How big of a role does your faith play in uh, you know, the, your business? The fact that I call myself Imani, that, that's, that's a big thing. You know, Imani is a name that I take, I took on to myself because it means faith. And when you're doing entrepreneurship, faith is something that you must have because there are going to be days where, you know, I make the money, but bills have to pay. So the money have to come from somewhere and people depend on you for a salary and they have to get paid. So where do you, um, what, what source are you going to lean on? You have to have faith. And most wealthy people, when you study them, even when they're not spiritual, there is something else that they lean on. Right? If they're not Christian, there's something else that they lean on, you know, some other spiritual aspect that they speak. Yeah. Um, so you stepped out in faith. So we're still on this timeline. So you stepped out in faith using what you know, you believe in your abilities. You trust yourself enough that you will be able to make it. You'll be able to provide for yourself regardless of what your income was in your previous mm -hmm. job, right? Was there, obviously, there may be times where it wasn't as easy. So even though you're stepping out in faith, and I think there's a lot of people confusing it, even though you're stepping out in faith, there are some times when you're gonna st you're still gonna face a difficult times, right? In that period before COVID hit, you said that you were preparing. Were there any parts of that process? Because again, you're still in transition. Was there any part of that process you've had you faced any challenges or you know situations that you had to overcome? As my friend, over thriving dollars, Kenisha means yes, yeah. What she would say is gather your coins before you resign. So I made sure I put my pension plan in place. I made sure I put my health insurance in place. And these are things that I say to entrepreneurs. You must save. If you make dollar, put down 10 cents. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You have to save. Yeah. So, 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 so for all the entrepreneurs who are thinking of 
leaving their nine to five because for whatever reason, whether they have issues at work or they're just tired and overwhelmed or they don't feel fulfilled anymore in their business, in their in their nine to five, the the thing is you have to have a plan. You can't yes. just get up and just walk off. Even in faith, you still have to make sure that you have something as a backup in terms of can help to sustain you while you have faith to carry you to the next the next place you can make your money. You know what I mean? And I, and, and, and I know I've seen a lot of people talking about exit plan, exiting. Um, there are people who are having courses on exiting, um, you know, your nine to five. Um, and then I, I sat into, in, a, in a live once, um, someone talking about how to exit your nine to five. And end of the day, um, I don't think th there are some general things you need to look at when you're thinking about exiting. Um, but there are certain people who are telling people to leave their job without having some sort of plan. Mm -hmm. You know, a plan to 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 move you forward. Like I just don't get it because um because even you know, because we we know each other and we know that I still have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. I still have a nine to five. I run my business, right? My business is successful, right? And one of the things that I, persons have asked me so many times, why haven't you left your nine to five? And I'm like, I'm not ready. Yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready right now to leave. Um, so many people want to have multiple um, incomes. My nine to five is one source of income. How I run my business is a different way. Like it gives me flexibility. I still can be flexible. I can run my business, I can make my money. And I'm 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 good to go, right? Um, but there is gonna come a point where I'm like, okay, it's time for me to hang up. It's time for me to say, okay, I'm stepping away from the nine to five. There is gonna be it's it's gonna come. It's, it's on its way, but it's not right now. And I think that we need to have those these conversations need to be had in terms of is when would be an appropriate time to exit your 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 business on um, your nine to five nobody knows but you but Absolutely. what we exactly but what we can tell you is that you have to set your coins together you have yes. to put yourself together okay you don't want to walk away and then you know you're having the stress of thinking about your business plus how you're going to survive with that mm -hmm. kind of mental capacity you're not going to be able to to put the energy behind you going out there to build a successful business you know so I'm happy that you said that. I'm happy that you said I come up with a plan. Um, yeah, it, it means that for I'm a minimalist, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who buys name brands. I'm a matter yeah. of fact, stand out. So, <laughs> so um, you have to at the end of the day, you have to look at your bills, your recurring bills, right? If you have a car, it needs to be maintained. Um, yeah. If you you carry a mortgage. I don't carry a mortgage. So that was good for me because I inherited a home. Um, not everybody has that. Yeah. So some people, they rent. They still rent. So you have to ask yourself, okay, am I going to um, use a part of my home, rental home, or because I'm paying mortgage so that I can get my tax write off as using a part of my business a part of my home as my business, you have to be strategic. Well, one of the things, as you rightfully say, you have a lot of people telling people to resign, but they're not telling you the whole. And okay. one of the things that I really like about a lot of the Black Americans, African-American um, entrepreneurs that I follow, they form a circle. You must. You must have a circle. Exactly. Because... When you have that circle, you have other people from whom you can learn or you can depend on. So exactly. one of the things that they do in the world where they do round robin and those things and you know partner and those things. In for me, I do I do I run a partner. So and that's why I bought my first car. Right? Uh cash. Yes. <laughs> have owned is cash mm -hmm. so you have to have a strategy right okay 
this is what I need to earn. This is what I need to get before I exit. And this is how I'm going to maintain when I leave. Always have something saving. And, you know, I say to people, sometimes when you join up with somebody else, it makes you accountable. So I have an accountability buddy. She doesn't live in Jamaica, but we talk every week. Yeah. Yeah. I, you don't have to do it alone. Like, that's you important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tried it. And trust me, I feel miserably. I feel miserable. I Because there was this time I felt like, oh, you know, I wanted to be a self-made person. I wanted to say, I did I did this. Latoya Ford did it for herself. Nobody helped her because people glorify the fact that you did something. But I, these days, the last three, three, four years, I've learned that I don't have to do it alone. And I have not. I have not done it alone. From having mentors to coaches, uh, to having friends who lift me up. And, you know, those, them kind of, mo- when you're done, when you're doubting yourself, when you're thinking of making a step, you're bouncing it off somebody. Yes. You know? Yeah. You're just going to, you're just going to um be in a corner crying. No, call somebody and ball, talk it out. And then we work through solutions together. Um, yeah, I, I, um, you know, I'm just glad that we touched on that because I think that they're even making a transition, any decision as a, as a director in a business or your owner or solopreneur, or you have a team, whatever it is, it's always good to have people in your corner. If it's just one person, um, you know, you're making a transition from your nine to five into, um, full-time entrepreneurship, talk to somebody who has done it, you, you know, um, you know, Anybody who is listening to this and they hear your conversation, I mean, if I'm thinking, you know, of making a transition, I'm going to reach out to you and say, why, Blight, how I do this? How was it for you? Like, you know, what should I look out for? You know, it saves me a whole lot of headache. Yes, it does. You know? Um, Yeah, go ahead. Also found is, I'm not sure how it is now per se, because I think, we our mindset is changing now. But when I started, um, people didn't want to share. Mm. So I remember I was um, pursuing my master's and I needed to enter the classroom of a, a very well-known um, educator here in Jamaica. Um, at first she said yes. And then when I called, for some reason, um, she told me, she told her secretary to tell me no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I said to myself, you know, why? And you know what? You know, when I sat there, it came to me. She Googled me, found out who I was because I didn't introduce myself as the owner of High Flyer. I was going there as a student, as an educator, seeking information for a paper. And sometimes people will see you as competition. Well, you're not the competition. Exactly. So they don't want to share. Exactly. But I think the mindset is changing where people are sharing more. I believe in my generation. I see see us sharing a lot. Yes. Yes. So I think the next generation, those who don't have the information are those who don't want the information. But I know the millennials, they are sharing. A lot. A They're lot. Sharing. A lot. Um, and, 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 you know, I know that we are running out of time. So I'm going to ask this question because I had mentioned to you, I was afraid to ask you this question because I don't know how you would react to this because we had conversations. Let me not forget the conversation. We had a conversation about you being a pioneer, a pioneer in your industry within the Jamaican um, 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 landscape. And uh, other side, we're still on the topic of competition, right? Someone else saw it. This was somebody who was, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm not telling the story, right? But this was somebody who was starting their business and their business also was picking up traction. And yes. they saw the potential 
that your business had and they approached you? What was, well, I'm going to allow you to finish that story. So they approached you. What was, what was that kind of experience? Well, again, my son was the one who introduced us. <laughs> um, I went to a, I think it was a fair, you know, those little expos. So my son was walking around and going to the different tables and he saw a similar service offering tutoring, but they weren't doing homeschooling, just regular after-school lessons, mm -hmm. which in Jamaica, traditional teachers tend to do that because that's how I started because, of course, yeah, I wasn't thinking homeschooling industry. Right. My son brought him over to me because he said, my mom, he said to me, you know, your son said, my mom does the same thing. Hmm over to me and we started you know having that conversation and um we, we spoke we met but one thing i should say to entrepreneurs you'd never ever give away your business too early don't give away your business too early that's one of the things i have learned don't give away your business too early you must have an exit plan Right. I, I do have an exit plan, but that was not the time. Yeah. That was not the time. Was, so, was it that he wanted to purchase your business? Was it he wanted to buy your business? Or was it, was it that he wanted to merge your business? What was it that he wanted? Probably if it, if it were a merger kind of thing. But um, I don't know, probably. Um, I would have said it. Uh, yes, I'm not sure. but. It was a total, okay, don't bother with the high player thing. Just work under me. Put everything under me. So there would not have been any high flyer. So that's basically a takeover. You just take over everything and just rebrand them. Okay. So I essentially, I would have been working under them. Right? But um, I'm not frightened for money. Right? I understand um, the will of God for my life. Mm -hmm. I understand purpose. I understand process. And I also understand timing. Mm -hmm. Is that business still in existence today? Of course. And they're doing very well. They're very, very well known. Yeah. I believe we had, I did a few guesses when we just, when we spoke about it because you were tight-lipped. I did a few guesses and I had mentioned one and I, I think I know who it is. I won't mention it in the podcast, but I think I know who it is. Um, Cause if that's the, uh, yeah, based on how the conversation went, I think I, I have an idea. <laughs> one of the things we must understand, you know, especially as black female entrepreneurs, look, come on, my pretty. <laughs> That she took off her glasses, all right? And she, 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 she lets us know that she's pretty. You have to know yourself as a exactly. female. Whether you're black, white, or purple. As a woman, you have to know yourself. Exactly. Especially operating in a, a male-dominated industry as well, right? The teachers are, the, the females are the ones teaching. But a lot of these um, schools... They're head by these chairmen. They're head by these boys. A lot of these private schools, they're owned by men, right? A lot of the, yes. So you have to know yourself and know your worth. Exactly. And you, were, and you weren't going to give that up. You're not going to give that up. Not to anybody. Not, not a vision that was, was given to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's great because, yeah, go ahead. That's where mentorship comes in because instantly I called my mentor. Yeah. Yeah. But but here's the beautiful thing though. That business is doing well and you are doing well. Like both business can thrive. Um, and I don't know what the intention was, but I'm happy that you did not surrender something that was given to you you know um 
And when you told me that story, I was like, in Brighty? I, I remember having a conversation. I say, he was a little bit, you know, too forward with, with, with right. that proposal, you know? Um, um, but yeah, so I'm really happy that that didn't happen. So what is it then, though, Imani? What's your vision? Because I believe that there's so much work that needs to be done um, in homeschooling, in the business, and, and as a business coach, I have, to, I have to take it from a business perspective that there is financial and social capital that can be pulled in from, um, you know, this homeschooling business. Um, it's a mission and it's also an opportunity for people to earn. What is your yeah. vision for the, the the Jamaican landscape and, and, and even the Caribbean? Because again, we are all about, you know, building our nation and building our region. What is the vision you have, um, you know, and, and, and how does High Flyer play a part of that vision? Well, um, one of the things I have oftentimes really focused on in my quiet time is where it is that the Lord wants me to go. And high flyer means overachiever. That's, that's the meaning of high flyer. Currently, we cater to persons in the diaspora. So we have clients overseas. Um, before COVID, and that is a market that is underserved, Tutoring tends to be very expensive. So when we offer the tutoring online at a cost that is accessible to persons in the Caribbean diaspora, it helps us here in the Caribbean and it also helps them. So that is my focus right now, to really focus on um, building more traction in the diaspora arena. As it relates to homeschooling, um, we, we train other teachers how to run their own homeschool co-ops because there is a need. And when I say there's a need, I'm not talking about the affluent people who can afford a tutor, a high-flyer tutor to come in home. You have some people, they cannot homeschool unless they do it as a collective. So that is also something we were focused on before the pandemic. Um, you know, the uptowners tend to call it pod, the American okay. saying. But we, we tend to stick to homeschooling co-op because we see it as a cooperative where we come together and we have solutions for clients who are in need. They may not have the money to pay for a, a tutor, but collectively we can um, find a solution for our children. How so does that, that is work though, Jamila? I know I'm, I'm cutting you, but it's important because I know persons that may be listening, maybe want, maybe considering homeschooling, but don't have the, the funds to do so. How does this corp work um, in terms of, you know, people, how, how, if I want homeschool my child, but I don't have the money to do it. And I come to High Flyer and I'm saying, I need, I need it to happen, but I don't have any substantial or significant amount of money to pay. How does the co-op work now for me and my child? So the co-op is basically um, putting together um, students. Mm -hmm. So you may have a home, you may have one child at the grade two level, I may have another client in Montego Bay at the same level, another client in St. Elizabeth at the same level, and three of you want online. Now, High Flyer would say, okay, we have three persons, one in Montego Bay, one in St. Elizabeth, one here in Kingston. They both have a grade two and they want online. And you will have what we call a high flyer, a host parent. So that parent is a person who is in charge of that core. Okay. And then the money is split. It's split. Uh, okay. Okay. But high flyer tutor. And then you may have somebody in a region. So let's say you're in the Portmore area. 
Um, you may have similar someone at the grade three level and you have someone in Hellshaw, another person in Greater Portmore, another person in Cedar Grove. Um, the person in Cedar Grove, probably their home is um, conducive to learning and they are willing to share their space with, uh, with the other two clients. Uh, we, we give them a set charge and they share the cost. So, so basically, it's 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 a it's a cheaper alternative. Yes. Um, for persons. Okay, great. So you have something for almost everybody, whether it's individual tutoring or it's like a core, a group kind of um, um tutoring opportunity. Okay, that's. Yes. I like that idea. I didn't know you had that. Yes, and what we do is um. That was a blueprint. That was really the thing where a lot of people came to us and were like, okay, so we help people. People made money. People made money. We, we help them set up their co-ops, their pods. And then you have some people, when they're making the money, they're like, okay, then um, I think we can do this on our own now because we have the blueprint. Uh, she young and enterprising. She can always get another client. You have some people like that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, we're wrapping up. This is, a, I promise, this is my last question. What is the one thing you want, an encouraging word or something that you want to tell an entrepreneur who is listening right now, you know, that maybe right now thinking about making a transition or they're thinking about transitioning into entrepreneurship for whatever industry they're, they're looking to, in, um, to, to enter? What is that one thing of, or one word of encouragement you can give them? you know, to get started. You must have faith. You must have faith. You must have uh, grit because you're going to have down times, right? So most entrepreneurs, they tend to be internally motivated. You are not externally motivated, right? <laughs> so you must have grit. You must have faith. That is something that you cannot lose, even when people telling you, now nah, go work, or you left your job. You, you, um, you used to drive SUV and now you drive car. People will tell you all sorts of things. You must have faith, have faith, have faith, have confidence in your ability to make that money. Don't yeah. give up on your product. WD-40. WD-40 used for so many things, even mm -hmm. outright. I wouldn't recommend it. How many times did he have to test it? Mm. So we have to have that grit. That's my word. Have faith, have grit. The money will come, but it's a process. Thank you, Jamila. I appreciate it. Um, you know, for, for those who are listening or who those who are who will be watching, um, you know, as you say, we're moving in faith as we're in 2022. Um, you know, one of the things we we're hoping for is, or for me, you know, and the persons I talk to my mentees all the time, you know, it's about fierce transformation this year and transformation cannot take place unless your mental capacity is is there unless you have the faith you have the grit as what Jamila says to really pull yourself forward and test the waters over and over and over until you get it right so I am happy Jamila that you stopped by um I know we went over our time I know I promised you 40 minutes um but I am happy that you stopped by and uh, hopefully listen I, I i i follow your journey and it's a really interesting one and that is why i invited you to be a guest here so i'm i'm really looking forward to what you're gonna bring to the table another time over and over and over again because i believe in your business i know it's going to go far and so i wish you all the best and before you go tell them how they can reach you just in case anybody who is interested in in homeschooling tell them how they can reach you jamilio well you can um reach us on all socials at um well not all socials facebook and instagram at high flyer edu 
you know, we're rebranding. So it's no longer Highfly 76, it's Highfly EDU. Mm -hmm. Or you can just Google us, Highfly Educational Services, or um, you can find me at Tutor Boss Imani on Facebook, on Instagram. Yes, on, on Instagram, Tutor Boss Imani. Okay, awesome. All right, guys, please go and give Jamelia a thumbs up. Give her some strength. Give her some encouraging word. And, and, and I mean, stop by to say hi. Share the business. Um, that's what we're here for, to uplift and to help each other to grow. So if you have enjoyed this, just go over, stop there and tell her thank you for sharing her thoughts and our time. And um, I look forward to sharing with you all again. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk soon. Jamelia.